0: Hi, this is Dr. James Stringham. I'm a research scientist at Duke University in the the Eye Center here in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, We're going to talk to you today about uh, the macular carotenoids, history, mechanisms, and purpose, the case for visual performance. A little brief history here of these uh, these special nutrients that make it into the uh, macula of the retina. Uh, The observation of a yellow spot in the back of the eye that was composed of these pigments Goes way back to 1782, uh, when Francesco Buzzi, an Italian uh, ophthalmologist, uh, noted this, uh, this this conspicuous yellow spot. Uh, he, it was argued for a long time that it was a postmortem artifact, uh, but you fast forward about 160 years, uh, when the Nobel laureate George Wald, 1945, uh, characterized these as dietary xanthophyll carotenoid pigments. Uh, The specific pigments weren't identified until about 30 years later, uh, actually 40 years later by uh, John Landrum and Richard Bone at Florida International University, 1985, where they specified the biochemistry of lutein and zeaxanthin, and then shortly thereafter in 1993 discovered uh, mesozeaxanthin, a metabolite of lutein, as a separate key component of the macular pigment. So as I noted before, these these three macular carotenoids, lutein, zeaxanthin, and mesozeaxanthin, are indeed carotenoids. They're a special class of carotenoids called xanthophylls, and that means yellow leaf. Uh, They are indeed colored yellow, and uh, they're just simply pigments that give fruits and vegetables their color. These xanthophylls, they happen to be kind of a yellow to a dark orange color. Uh, They're typically found in dark leafy green vegetables, and they're masked. By the chlorophyll Uh, we only obtain them from diet so the body cannot synthesize them Uh, they have a lot of special properties Uh, many of you are i'm sure familiar with these properties they're exceptional antioxidants Uh, they can you know quench free radicals and other singlet oxygen species uh, in the retina in areas of high metabolic rate such as the the fovea of the retina Uh, they as i mentioned earlier are colored yellow orange and that gives them the property of the ability to absorb shortwave high energy blue light and these three component they combine to form the, the macular pigment and uh, this this level of macular pigment i think mean, some uh, some eye doctors that i speak with often will say well you either don't have macular pigment or you do and in fact uh, there is a an extremely high range of levels that you can have and, and indeed we measure You know, folks on a a weekly basis that don't have any, and it's by virtue of diet. You don't have any vegetables, uh, any of these pigments in your diet. You're not going to uptake them and put them in the retina. Uh, It can go as high as uh, 1.65 optical density. I've measured an individual with that much, uh, and that is an astoundingly high concentration. It gives you an idea of how high it can go in the retina. Um, The average American, of course, does not consume enough leafy greens, kale, spinach, broccoli, et cetera, to raise this optical density to to meaningful levels. Um, And we're seeing significantly improved ocular health, visual performance at values of at least 0.7 and beyond. Uh, These carotenoids, again, are special. Uh, They, of the 600 in nature, we eat about 50. You can measure 20 of these carotenoids in serum. Uh, Only three make it to the retina, to to the macula. They're lutein, zeaxanthin, and and now we have evidence that they also make it into the brain. Um, and, and this is very exciting. It's kind of the new frontier of, of carotenoid research. Um, so you have to have a special, you know, the, the secret handshake, the special backstage pass to make it past the blood retina barrier into the brain, of course. Obviously, um, neural tissue in the body recognizes these special properties uh, for, for a variety of reasons and, and places them specifically in these areas of high performance and vulnerability. I mentioned that uh, the, the carotenoids, the macular pigment, they absorb shortwave energy, uh, this this blue light, and that bears repeating. Uh, this is an extremely, you know, potential, uh, the potential is high for actinic damage, photochemical damage uh, to the retina, and this is a, a cumulative thing that happens over time. Uh, that damage becomes great enough, of course. We, we know about the association between um, you know, lack of macular pigment, and increased risk for developing macular degeneration. So it can go wrong. You know, you get a uh, little older in life, that cumulative damage can manifest as, you know, uh, diseased retina. And so part of my uh, goal today is to sort of decouple the association between macular degeneration and, and these carotenoids and the macular pigment. Uh, this relationship is, you know, based on all of the research, very solid. So I don't want you to discount the relationship, but the, the macular pigment is not there to protect against developing age-related disease. Uh, these pigments are in the eye to uh, to promote visual performance, and this is where uh, this has been my life's work. About the last 20 years, I've studied visual performance and levels of macular pigment, and this starts very early. Of course, any eye doctor will tell you, well, if you know you're you're not really supposed to prescribe uh, the consumption of supplements containing lutein zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin until you have a diagnosis of intermediate macular degeneration and and that suggestion is sort of ridiculous because you know we're getting these nutrients in the womb i mean in utero your your mother is passing these nutrients uh, through the umbilical cord to you and and you know that there's there are signs of enhanced neural development in the retina uh, in premature infants uh, when you give them Breast milk or a formula with with lutein in it, for example. So this all starts very early. Uh, the distribution of macular pigment is is pretty interesting. There's a there's a sort of an orchestration, an arrangement of the mesozeaxanthin, which is during, in the dead center of the fovea, flanked by the zeaxanthin, and then making the surround, uh, filling out the surround area is lutein. And, uh, and that's an interesting arrangement because mesozeaxanthin, this, this really key component of the macular pigment, has the highest antioxidant potential. And it's placed, you know, interestingly enough, in the area where there's the highest density of cone photoreceptors, the highest metabolic rate, the highest potential for oxidative stress. And so that's followed by zeaxanthin, slightly outside of that. Again, all of these are exceptional antioxidants. Mesozeaxanthin's the best, zeaxanthin second. Lutein, still great, but it's placed in an area where there is lower potential for oxidative stress. And it has, of course, the lowest of the three um, uh, levels of of antioxidant capacity. Interesting thing uh, here to note is that up to probably 30% of individuals have a compromised conversion of lutein to mesozyxanthin in the retina. We have no idea why this is the case, uh, but this has been a consistent finding where people only taking lutein and zeaxanthin don't appear to respond very well or very weakly uh, respond to these supplements. You put mesozeaxanthin in the supplement and uh, you get response across the board. These are the studies where you find 100% response in the retina. So that's very exciting and it could be due to this uh, lack of a conversion enzyme uh, for you know converting lutein into meso in the retina. All right, so visual performance let's get to the uh get down to the business here uh, again, the fovea has this incredible preferential treatment fifty uh, you percent know, of the visual cortex is don't do dedicated to this small two percent of the retinal area um, you know it has the richest concentration of cone photoreceptors, obviously, as I've characterized here this Pigment, this conspicuous yellow pigment accumulates in incredibly high concentrations there if you consume enough. All right, and, and so I've, uh, I've worked with military personnel, Air Force pilots, um, Marines, etc. Uh, when I worked with the Air Force Research Laboratory uh, in San Antonio for about five years. One of the ways we were able to show improved visual performance was increased visual processing speed. Um, Most clinicians will be familiar with the critical flicker fusion threshold, Uh, CFF, increases rapidly uh, with macular pigment increases, and it's it's significant. So we're talking about um, improvements of about seven, I mean, conservatively, seven to eight milliseconds of uh, of speed, uh, reaction time, et cetera, in the retina. We, We see... Cross-sectionally, uh, in a study we published in 2015, uh, the difference between about 25 of CFF to 32, uh, going from low macular pigment to high, and all of these dots fall on the line, so it's, it's you know highly tied to the macular pigment level, and I, I should you know I should note here that the retina is not the be-all end-all for vision, and. So the retina is simply the interface between the outside world and the brain. So if you present to the retina perfectly focused light, like you know any optometrist or ophthalmologist can do uh, with, uh, by, by correcting refractive error, you're, you're going halfway, really. Uh, to actually present the best uh, sort of image, the best information you can to the brain, uh, you have to optimize that signal. And the retina is incredibly complex. it's wired up in in a a very complex way. And if you get all of that neurophysiology working properly, well, then you're at an extreme advantage over even a, you know, quote-unquote healthy person with low macular pigment. As it turns out, you can enhance these physiological processes. Uh, You you obviously reduce oxidative stress, inflammation, and you're improving uh, just the, the health of the retina, and that improves function. So speed is certainly one way in which uh, the macular pigment can improve uh, visual performance. And that's that's a crucial factor. Of course, that feeds into reaction time. I mentioned seven or eight millisecond gain. You weave in cognitive function into that. You talk about psychomotor speed or processing speed. That appears to be an additive effect. We're gaining 10 to 11 milliseconds based on on a couple of studies. One of these studies I just did fairly recently at the University of Georgia um, and this ironically enough is true across the retina so you're getting uh, speed enhancements even though macular pigment is an incredibly uh, the, the, these carotenoids are in really low concentrations in the peripheral retina you're still getting enhancements so the health of the retina is, is uh, actually affected uh, the whole uh, across the entire retina and that's uh, that's very exciting. It's not uh, something a lot of people know about. They figure it's just in the center. Some of my early studies involved vision in bright light, incredibly bright light glare, uh, and we found that uh, macular pigment levels were associated with uh, reduced discomfort from bright light, uh, improved photostress recovery time, and also improved, significantly improved disability glare. So uh, you know, common examples are oncoming headlights Um, And this is something that patients will note usually about a month or two months after supplementing. Uh, They will say, you know, I forgot my sunglasses and it didn't bother me. That The the bright light was, I was tolerating it. Or, you know, driving at night is a lot easier. I don't have as much, nearly as much glare. Uh, You know, patients will often read 20-20 all day long, but they still complain of poor vision. Uh, This is one way that you can improve that. You know, you just reduce glare, the effects of glare. Uh, which can be pretty nasty. Uh, visual fatigue, uh, your, your retina can recover faster from these photo stress, uh, the, the bright light, but this is this is true of the retina at even moderate light levels. It's constantly sort of recovering. Uh, that's, that's just the, the visual cycle. And so if you have a higher level of macular pigment, uh, this process is faster. And so instead of going downhill throughout the day as you're exposed to glare, say, from your computer screen or whatever you may be doing, Uh, it's actually leveling off, and your performance is maintained throughout the day. And that manifests as less fatigue, less eye strain, fewer headaches, that kind of thing. A more recent finding, and and very exciting finding, frankly, is the idea that macular pigment reduces, or I should say, improves contrast sensitivity. Uh, And this is an unusual finding in that, you know, it's probably not a filtration effect. You put a filter in front of the eye, you're going to reduce... Uh, You know the light and the dark and so contrast technically would be unaffected Uh, So we did a study and published this in in 2017 About how this mechanism may actually be working and what what is the mechanism for this improved contrast sensitivity? And so we uh, we used the uh, the classic Herman grid illusion uh, where you see illusory shadows in the junctions of these dark squares presented on a light uh, background: If you reduce the contrast of this um, of the stimulus, you you reduce the strength of those shadows. At at some point, you reduce the contrast enough, and the shadows go away. Well, subjects with higher macular pigment were able to reduce the contrast even more so than folks with low macular pigment, and still see the shadows. And that that's an indicator of just some basic neurophysiology there. Uh, you know, there's there's better signal to noise ratio if you're able to see those. You know patches even at a very low contrast, and that was associated with contrast sensitivity. Subsequently, we supplemented our group, um, sixty-nine individuals, with lutein zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin, and improved the performance on the Herman grid task. Improved their um, contrast sensitivity, and and so these two things are yoked. They're uh, it, it's pretty neat. We're enhancing the neurophysiology, so it's not necessarily. Um, a biochemical effect. It's not necessarily a filtering effect. Uh, it's enhancing neurophysiology of the retina, and that is that's very exciting. If that's happening in the retina, you know, think about the brain. Same kind of thing, and we're finding cognitive effects as well. I, I'm not able to go into those today, but um, just trust me, it's it's very exciting. Lastly, here in terms of visual performance, uh, macular pigment associated with faster dark adaptation. Uh, so, you know, if you have patients that you know, have to walk into a, a dimly lit room after being outside on a sunny day, and they have to stand there for a minute or two to kind of get used to the dark. You know, the classical dark adaptation. Um, this uh, happens much faster uh, when it comes to macular pigment being in the retina. Uh, we looked at uh, with the Air Force. Uh, we looked at a cross section of healthy young, uh, primarily lieutenants, uh, roughly thirty of them, and this is a paper published in 2015 and kind of shockingly found a two-minute difference uh, in reaching the mesopic uh, threshold uh, after a 98% bleach. Two minutes in healthy young individuals. Uh, This has also been found, uh, you know, a strong trend, nearly significant, in uh, those with early macular degeneration. This was published uh, by Petraeus and and others in 2013. Uh, So this is a pretty exciting uh, finding as well, and it just speaks to the again the physiology of of the retina the visual cycle Um, when things are healthier you don't have oxidative stress slowing things down you get uh, performance effects like this okay so we'll wrap it up here Um, the macular carotenoids have wide-ranging benefits uh, for neural health and visual performance Uh, obviously they protect the retina that's been well established and, and throughout life they protect against this cumulative damage with Exceptional antioxidant capacity, uh, short wavelength light filtration. Uh, but this all starts very early. You know, we see improved healthy visual development. The wiring up of the retina uh, is, is robust, uh, even in compromised uh, premature infants. And, and that's been shown to be largely due to the presence of, of these carotenoids um, in breast milk, even in utero. Uh, and so we, we, we often note, you know, this association between High macular pigment, low risk for macular degeneration starts very early. It's, it's not a you know, a matter of catching up late, uh, although older folks can respond to these supplements. Really the purpose of the, of the carotenoids is, is, at least in my opinion, based on a lot of data, is visual performance. Uh, you get lots of benefits that way. Uh, benefits from just having a healthy retina, uh, having the filtration in there, and neurophysiological enhancement. Uh, We see speed of visual processing affected, uh, better contrast sensitivity, faster dark adaptation, uh, improved, greatly improved visual performance in glare. And and this improvement also leads into the cognitive story, uh, which I wasn't able to get into today in great detail, but uh, that's, that's there as well, the eye and the brain working together. The point is is you can improve you can change your level of macular pigment you can change it rather quickly actually with a with a good supplement a supplement that contains all three of the carotenoids lutein zeaxanthin uh, mesozeaxanthin supplement like uh, macuhealth Health, for example um, so if you change uh, we've shown that uh, these improvements uh, this protection uh, it all goes up in a commensurate fashion uh, with the change in the macular pigment and so It's never too late, but I always tell people it's never too early also to improve, to increase your macular pigment. You derive benefits for a longer time that way. And so I I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, Good luck with your practice, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you.